Rapid changes in viewership has led one iconic TV advertiser to get sweet on streaming. We talk about it next. Welcome to the A-Game and AdCom podcast. Each week we bring together four of our finest minds for a candid conversation on what's new, what's now, and what's next in the world of media, marketing, and technology. My name is Jim Ganser, VP of Media and Acquisition at the AdCom Group. Joining me this week for discussion are digital specialist, Hope Ho. Good morning. Our fearless PR leader, Joel Hammond. That intro is amazing. Oh, thank you. I love I love the pun. Dad joke, for sure. I think puns are welcome. Agreed. What, what do you think, Morgan Rooks, who's with us today? I am, and I'm typically very punny, but now I'm feeling put on the spot. Oh, boy. I was just going to be like, yo, happy summer. <laughs> <laughs> happy summer, indeed. It is beautiful. We've gotten to the point where the rain has <laughs> subsided. My yard has has dried out somewhat yeah there's there's been an aggressive amount of lawn mowing <laughs> going on in medina ohio and last week i actually edged my sidewalks for the first time oh. i couldn't believe how much sidewalk i had i'm actually mm. embarrassed mm. so if you're in medina and you see sidewalks <laughs> that are way too trenched almost to the point where it looks unprofessional my house that's, that's jimmy <laughs> gq's right. house jimmy gq <laughs> making it happen can't wait for grass to grow in the spaces where it's left but anyway, you know, we just wanted to kind of personalize it. Um, so this week we wanted to have a conversation. We're going back to the topic that is always top of mind for us, which is the future of television. Uh, this week it's um, kind of framed through the lens of Hershey. We kind of made reference to the pun, the pun up front. But essentially uh, the story that, that we're, we're covering this week, which is part of a bigger story, is... The Hershey Company is planning to invest more in OTT and esports. Why this is significant is the fact that they're having a hard time reaching their core audience with, with traditional television. And they're still spending nearly half a billion dollars annually in television. So while, you know, taking a measured approach to test and learn within this space seems pretty small when you're starting with a pool of nearly $500 million in ad spend. That can get pretty big pretty quick, but it is a tricky space to be playing in. Um, and, and I thought we could kind of start the conversation this week about how they're, they're taking a unique approach to this and, and frankly, how unique is it? Um, I think it's interesting on the heels of last week's conversation, we we're talking about Fortnite, we we're mm -hmm. talking about um, the changing uh, consumer dynamics with regard to where Gen Z is spending their time. They're saying upwards of 25% of their free time is being spent, not just with um, you know, following video games online, but actually with Fortnite specifically. This is becoming a little bit more of a mass market opportunity for, for major brands. So Hope, what did you think when, when reading through the article? Um, I also agree that it's really interesting to see the shift towards esports, especially for such a more traditional company. Um, I think that obviously, I think it'll take a little bit before they keep spending more money uh, with OTT instead of TV, um, because up until like last year, it was still like ninety four percent of all of their. Uh, I guess video spend was for traditional TV. Um, it'll be interesting to see when that threshold hits to be 80% or 
50% or even more, like at what point should they start phasing out traditional TV entirely? So when, when they talk about phasing out traditional television, um, one, of the, one of the things that's interesting is a lot of what they're doing, Joel, is, is focused more on consumer dynamics. So they're really following suit with what they're seeing with their core audience. So in this, in this case, I would say that we're, we're probably looking at anywhere from the, I don't know, anywhere from 16 to 24 range. Um, tends to focus a little bit more on males from what, from what I'm seeing here. Um, how is Hershey kind of following suit with regard to the trends? Well, I thought it was interesting that they are, um, they've dipped their toe in the water with like full episode players. And they acknowledge that I think we've seen this from all kinds of different, uh, you know, we've had this conversation, I think, in the past on the show, but they acknowledge that this is kind of a tricky space, right? So they've they've started with full episode players. They're trying to dip their toe into YouTube TV and and uh, and Roku and the and those other platforms. But um, <clears throat> they are certainly observing these trends. And Hope mentioned these numbers. It's a massive amount of spend. I think ninety four percent of their four hundred fifty three million dollars uh, uh, spent in this area went to TV. I mean that is that's ridiculous. That that's crazy. Um, and I liked Hope's point as well that. This is a more traditional brand. Last week, we, we've talked about Wendy's kind of dipping their toe in the water. They're a little bit, uh, of course, they've been around a long time, but I think Hershey strikes me as more of a traditional company than than a fast food joint that that is very clearly willing to take risks. Mm-hmm. Um, it is an, it, it, it is interesting to, to see that this company that has been so invested in these more traditional tactics to finally um, really shift their focus um, to these emerging, emerging platforms. Yeah, so we're talking about this test and learn mentality has been going on for about five years. Morgan, as Joe is talking about, starting with spaces like Hulu doesn't feel all that different than how a lot of our advertisers have gone into the space, correct? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we've we've run a lot with Hulu and, and dove right into the CTV, OTV space. And uh, the thing that actually really interested me about this Hershey uh, article, and it could just be the way it was written, is that they are changing the way they're buying te- television based on uh, cord cutter percentages. So they're looking at the percentages of cord cutters and they're adjusting away from linear TV into CTV accordingly. What strikes me as odd about that, and again, it could have just been the way that this article was written, is that that potentially is ignoring cord nevers, which if you're looking for Gen Z, if you're looking for younger millennials, you really need to be focusing on your percentage of cord nevers because they don't they probably haven't had a cable subscription ever. You know who would have liked that white hot take? One uh, Jeff Culleton. Yeah. With, you know, took my, uh, my coffee to him today as he's not with us. But aren't, uh, I mean, aren't core nevers on the same platforms as cord cutters, though? So, no. Typically, a cord cutter is someone who previously had some type of cable or satellite subscription. Sure. Cord nevers have never subscribed to any sort of cable platform at all. Yeah. What I'm saying is, but aren't those two, no matter if they've had it before or not, aren't they now on the same platforms? Like, aren't you hitting those same those people in the same spot, though? Yes. But when we're looking at if they're actually making a monetary decision on how much money they're allocating to linear TV based on one percentage and not the whole picture, I feel like they're missing out a lot. I see. So if you're, you're missing... So it's if cute. you if you cut your yeah. spend, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the same percentage wise, what you're saying as these numbers are showing, right. then you may be missing a larger. Uh, maybe you should devote more. Right. Uh, you cut it cut it further. And, to your point, you know, further if it. you're looking at those percentages and you're investing money in CTV, say that you're seeing a, a 25% shift 
from cord cutters to uh, to OTT, and you decide to move that 25%. But you're cont- so you can layer on targeting with OTT and CTV. And so if you're layering on targeting, that's a demographic that's not reflected in that cord cutter uh, percentage then you might be wasting money because you're not actually hitting the target that you're looking for because you haven't accounted for that target and the percentage of dollar spent. Especially if you're going after the 16 and 24 audience. Right, yeah. Yeah. So that was really interesting because I I feel like that should definitely be a strategy where you're looking heavily at cord numbers. And again, it could just be the way this article was written Mm -hmm. and they are looking at both, uh, but that's something that struck me right away. So jumping into OTT from an advertising um, point of view... (laughs) I know. I'm trying not to say it, guys. I'm trying not to say it. Well, Mike... Uh, just, just the hesitancy. Just as an aside, uh, Mike informed me that I say right a lot. So whenever you hear me say, like, right to reinforce my point or so, yeah. somebody else's point, let's dr- take a drink. I think we all have... Mike we tried all, we that last weekend. Own unique out. podcast ticks. I always start thinking, right? yeah, so... Yes. <laughs> yeah. I did that one on purpose, <laughs> Mike. Well, what, what I was going to get to is... Just saying we're going to advertise on OTT, it, it sounds really simple, but really there, there's nuance to OTT. It's not that simple. Um, I'm sure all of us have had OTT experiences where we're being blasted with the same ad over and over and over again. Hope, what are, what are the challenges? What are the things that you know, our advertiser, you know our advertisers need to think about when they jump into the OTT space? specifically Um, like what are the challenges there i would say the frequency is definitely an issue like you brought up i remember watching hulu one time and there was just this disney ad for avatar that it was a 15 second spot and it ran for the whole 90 seconds over and over and over again for maybe the two hours that i was watching there was like only that ad um, and so I will never go there. I I don't know how you got that ad and I Disney. didn't. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, but it was horrible. Um, I was just trying to watch some HGTV. But I think that <laughs> there's like a really big chance of alienation after you expose somebody to the same ad that many times. And if you wanted them to be like, oh, this avatar thing looks really cool. Maybe we should go. Instead, they're probably going to be like, wow, we will never go and we will tell all of our friends about this and they will also never go. Um, I think that you just have to be really careful with who you're trying to hit because obviously I wasn't even the right audience. Um, I guess, yeah, frequency is something that you need to keep an eye on, which I know that Hershey was doing. They were limiting the number of times that they... um, showed an ad to a certain amount or a certain type of person so um you could really maximize on reach rather than frequency um and i think that yeah i guess just targeting your cord nevers or the people Mm -hmm. that you're actually trying to hit rather than a more broad audience yeah and frequency is often an issue because there's just -hmm. just not enough scale yeah especially if you're running on uh, a geo-targeted campaign for local or regional excuse me you're going to run into scale issues and that's a lot of the the issues with frequency that we used to see with hulu a lot Mm -hmm. thankfully ctv has uh, caught on the adoption of it with advertisers so i feel like it's a little bit better than it used to be Mm -hmm. but if you are running a campaign where you have a very narrow area or a very narrow target, I would encourage advertisers to look into things like message sequencing so that you're not showing the commercial, the The same same exact commercial over and over again, but you are sequentially presenting different messaging Mm -hmm. to the same consumer. Okay. Focus group of one. 
Uh, that focus group is Joel Hammond. Oh, here we go. All right. Joel, on a, on a given week, how many platforms are you interacting with on a connected television a uh, through a you know Apple TV Roku device what have you on your physical television how many platforms do you typically interface with on my physical television yeah think about it like apps sure uh, three to four three to four yep. okay um, what are the three or four apps if you don't mind me asking so same ones you guys are probably using so sling and uh, and uh, Netflix and then, um, you know, there's a couple other ones that are on, you know. Uh, uh, MLB TV. Sure. <laughs> so ma- many, yeah, in a various week, sure. Yeah. So if, if you were to look at the ones that actually have um, advertising inventory embedded in them, what percent of your time do you think you really spend on those compared to those that are just subscription-based? Um, I don't think I understood your question. Okay. So <laughs> – Certain certain apps that you interact with, sure. like Netflix, yep. do not have insertable commercials. Yep. Um, certain apps that you interact with do. Got it. So when you look at the overall trend on average, a lot of the time that's being spent on connected devices is being spent with content that doesn't have insertable commercial time. So the there. majority of my time is on those platforms, right? Without, yeah. right? Right? Without, mm-hmm. uh, without insertable advertising. Absolutely. Yeah. So this is not how a focus group usually works. <laughs> where I'm, <laughs> I was hoping that we would naturally get to that point, but I had to actually feed it into to Joel. This is why we don't do focus groups of one. We do maybe a sm- sample size of three hundred. Yeah, maybe three hundred, three fifty. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe if we could push up to about two thousand, preferable. You know, safer. But uh, <laughs> and this is a weird polling group because we're all advertisers. Yeah. So, but I think that's a good question just to yeah. play well, off. I you was know, shooting from the hip. <laughs> <laughs> to just play off what Jim was mentioning, I think that's also an important thing for advertisers to look at. So we don't necessarily have things like GRPs with OTT and CTV. So it's important to also look at the content because if if a Hulu or a Roku has really compelling content then people are going to watch it regardless of the ads. I mean, look at Handmaid's Tale, that people love it, people watch it, and you get a lot of ads in it because it's Hulu. So it's also really important to look at the content that you could potentially be surrounding. Okay, so here's my watch out for the Hershey strategy. This is what I'm kind of building towards. (laughs) Spoiler alert. Okay, so they're spending, we'll we'll say, half a billion dollars on television. They're spending about... 95% of their overall investment in television. They've got this problem that says, we're having a hard time with our television investment hitting our core audience. So we're going to switch over to OTT. Does that seem like a great strategy to reach their audience? We're talking about major fragmentation. I mean, you've you've got those platforms like Amazon that are starting to um, solve the problem in terms of connecting the dots from a data standpoint, playing into the, the data garden approach of, of the business model. But for the most part, a lot of consumers are just interfacing in different ways. Mm-hmm. And I might make the case that I spend almost as much time viewing video content on my phone. Mm-hmm. And I'm and I'm a gray hair. <laughs> oh, I've got some gray hair. 41, which is, is like the new 40. You actually brought up your age in the last podcast too. He's very focused on that. Yeah. Well, it's you know it's it's bragging? a big year when you go from forty to forty one. Oh it's boy. it's the dark march. 
What? <laughs> it's the Dark March to 42, not which to is be, one that is... Not to be confused with the Dark Mark. <laughs> no, the Dark Mark, I'm, I don't know what that cultural reference is, but I'm sure it's... Harry Potter. Okay. Mm. Nerd. Nerd alert. <laughs> so going back to the question at hand, I feel like any any strategy where you're putting all your eggs in one tactical basket is a bad strategy, right? So yeah. uh, hopefully this is part of a broader strategy to reach their consumer. Uh I would recommend cross-screening if they're not, which is where you know, you're know you serving something through CTV yeah. and then also targeting that user's phone in the same home environment so that way you can, because again, a lot of people are on their phones while watching TVs, especially if it's a commercial. You know, In a CTV environment in Hulu and Roku, you can't change the channel. So while the commercials are going, you check your phone, you live tweet, you, you, know, you do whatever you have to do. So you need to capitalize where the eyeballs are. Joel, is this fake news? Is this fake news? Is 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 this Hershey's been, shift or is the OTT like <laughs> craze? Has the media taken the story and bent it in a way to get headline recognition and get people like us to click on it and talk, talk about, about it? it. Are um, we part of the machine? Are we part of the problem? <laughs> so I thought sheeple. I thought your question last night uh, on our Slack channel was was really important, right? So if we're at a point, I think you mentioned we're at like a fifteen percent. Um, what, what is that viewership on, on OTT, right? No, I think we're crossing over. We were talking, there was like a, I fused together two completely different topics. Got it. Okay. <laughs> but it was late at night and it was on Slack, so, so it's okay. So your question is whether we're making too much of this OTT craze. Is that right? Is there too much emphasis on OTT as a solution to the fact that it's harder essentially to build reach with specific audiences on television. Just because OTT is connected to a television, we're like, oh, we're putting more money towards OTT. The fact of the matter is, is we've talked about it many times, you know, upwards of 12 hours exposure with media on a daily basis is the average person. Yeah. And we've seen upwards of 25% of Gen Z's time is being spent on Fortnite alone. It just, it feels like you're trying to force it into this box that is television and say, oh, if we want to have television impact, we need to do it on the television screen and we need to do it with OTT. But the fact of the matter is, there's a lot of time being spent with video in a variety of places. There's a lot of ways for brands to interact with with their audience. And this is, and I don't know if this is a category specific thing because we're talking about candy bars, right? Yeah. Delicious candy bars. Hope might like, you know, Hershey Kisses. I don't. She doesn't. Mm. But you know what? (laughs) You actually have to go out and find the kisses, and you got to get them in a big bag. You don't get them at the candy counter when you're checking out at the grocery store, I've never which done is something that. that people still do 85% of the time. But we all like peanut butter cups. Is that who That's did you Reese's. sample? Is Reese's Hershey's? According to Hershey Park, yes. Oh my god! There's a guy that walks around, or a girl maybe that walks around like a giant peanut butter cup. According to Agit Pie. <laughs> I, I encourage everyone to visit visit Hershey, Pennsylvania. When you get there, the air smells like chocolate. Smells like chocolate. Ugh. Absolutely. Yeah. Jim, I think to your point, I mean, I, I think there's, um, I don't think it's fake news. You're you're going where you're where you think. I think what what the struggle is that it, the OTT thing is a is a moving target, right? Are you are you, the the idea is good. You want to hit people where they are, but are you are you hitting them? I think that's mm-hmm. the that's the issue. Mm-hmm. I think they also might just be reporting on one thing like they might lump tv and ott together but they probably have an entirely different video strategy like digital Mm pre-roll strategy so i think that just focusing on the scope of this article is maybe not entirely fair 
Um, and at the same time, I would also like to say that I think that this is a good move for Hershey. I agree with Morgan. I don't think you should put all of your tactical eggs in one basket. I think just any shift from an entire budget of like half a billion dollars, um, shifting away from traditional TV is a good move. I have a question for Joel. Oh, let's have it. I'm ready. So, this is actually something I just thought about. So we kind of touched on the fact that OTT, CTV, and I think TV in general is uniquely situated in that people are engaging with two screens at the same time, tech, you know, usually their phone and the television. And a lot of times people are engaging social media and live tweeting, live Facebooking, like live whatever about yep. what they're watching. Yep. Do you think that you should have a social strategy that supports that? Meaning like live like catering to live yeah if you had you know if you knew that you were running during a certain show or you know obviously like the super bowl would be a very large example right yeah. like should you have a social strategy that supports your marketing efforts on television i was yeah i was just going to reference the super bowl i think the most successful campaigns have incorporated some sort of social presence like if i'm running a funny or a, a big ad during a super bowl um absolutely you know most recently uh, i think game of thrones has been the most yeah. recent like <laughs> major like social phenomenon so if it, you know if, you you need to have a, a social strategy. I, I think so. I mean, I think the Super Bowl was a was a really good example of that. Yeah, and that's why I think that CTV, perhaps more than linear TV, is really positioned in a spot where it, it should work with the rest of a tactical plan across social, across display. If you're cross screening them and hitting them on their phone, it should really be part of a larger plan and not quite as siloed as I think linear TV has typically been purchased. Hot take. Mm. <laughs> you know, I, I touched on it a little bit earlier, what's going on with Amazon. I just want to kind of dive into it a little bit more in terms of explanation on why this is important. And it comes down to connecting through like an anonymized ID. Because when we talk about the challenge of being able to measure true reach, platform by platform, you lose that. You know, there's, there's not a 100% fix for it right now, if I'm being completely honest. There's a lot of theory, there's a lot of thought that goes into it, and there's some technology that goes into it, but nobody has brought it all together quite yet. And this goes back to the conversation two weeks ago. We, we talked about the acquisition of Seismic, right? So business models for streaming services is content-focused or it's data-focused. So when we talk about content-focused, that goes down the line of The Athletic. We've got great content. We've got you know the tip-top writers, beat-by-beat, market-by-market, team-by-team. And people want to pay money for that because it's quality content. And then you've got the freemium models, which is you could have a free service, but you're going to have to sit through commercials. So when, when we look at somebody like an Amazon and why the seismic um, opportunity seems so great is that they are, at, it, at their core, they're a data garden type business model. So essentially that prime ID is the keys to the castle for them. So that tethers into Whole Foods shopping data. That goes into Fire TV viewing for anybody that uses that. Maybe, I don't know, two, three people. Hope, you? No. Fire TV? No. My parents. Hi, mom. Look at me making fun of Amazon. What an, what an idiot. Um, <laughs> yeah, what have they done? Yeah. <laughs> you suck. Uh, online shopping, voice services. You've got all those, those uh, Alexa those, devices, yeah. which far dwarf any other smart speaker. Um, there was just a, a recent Edison report for the um, infinite dial that just came out, just reinforcing that it's still surging. So Amazon has the tools for advertisers and agencies to get around this. 
bring Seismic's ad serving into the stack, all of a sudden you've got data living in all these places, anonymized, brought together. And now they've got um, you know, IMDB TV, which is folding into their streaming service, which takes their, hey, I've got a prime model, there's no ad space here, but all of a sudden now there is an ad format mm -hmm. uh, model where we can start looking at um, areas where, frankly, they can go back to their potential customers and say, you can do OTT with us. So it's really interesting what's going on there. Yeah. Um, but we're not quite there yet, so it makes it a little bit tricky. Um, but the thing that to think about with television, a lot of people, to be a little bit of a television apologist right now, because I do watch a little bit of television. It tends to be things that I want to watch live, frankly, like most people. Uh, people still watch TV, and they still spend a lot of time watching TV. They just, you know, there's a disproportionate amount of people that are heavy TV viewers. So when you talk about the challenges with reach, it isn't the fact that I can't hit Joel watching TV. The fact of the matter is Joel probably doesn't watch a ton of television. He just watches at specific times. So for me to throw more money and, and more spots and more GRPs at trying to hit Joel, I'm going to disproportionately go right into frequency. So you see a lot of what you have in OTT happening with television viewership. You're just jumping into high frequency in terms of exposure. So it's kind of an interesting dichotomy going on. And Hope referenced that, and I think we've talked about this before when we've talked about OTT, but that Hershey is, that's a big concern for them. They're yeah. using capping, whatever, mm -hmm. capping techniques or mm -hmm. platforms that, that help them um, limit that. I mean, it's a, it's a big problem. I, I have had experiences like Hope as well, where it's a major turnoff if I'm being served the same thing over and over, like Pandora. I have, that happens on Pandora, you know? Mm -hmm. Now, Morgan, Yo. wouldn't Hershey be better off just making better candy? <laughs> Better candy. Wow. Is there bad candy? Um, I'm not. Oh, I don't think we should say that. Go here. there. Listen. Okay. What's your problem with is, Hershey candy? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Oh, you got to put Are half you? a billion dollars into advertising. Oh the stuff should sell itself. Jeez, we should wait. be talking about. You should be like, oh my god, did you try this? There's a lot of. Did you try this dark chocolate with almond? James, oh my God. James T. Ganser, are you telling me that there is a better candy that you can buy at the grocery store that is not a peanut butter cup? Absolutely not. I never said that. Whatever happened to the... Um, um, there the you go. The, cr the crunchy peanut butter cups when they had the little bits of... Now they have peanut. the ones that have Reese's Pieces inside. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I you still know, haven't I, had one of those. Those are good. They're that's, pretty good. That's a different grade of peanut butter. I don't like crossing peanut butters like oh, that. Geez. That's just It's, it's a different. texture. Don't cross the streams. I like the texture. Yeah, it's a good texture. Don't cross streams. Yeah. Um, Paul I, Rudd. <laughs> Paul Rudd in Ghostbusters. You guys see that? No. Not, to, not to go off. I was going to say, we could talk about the fact that Paul Rudd is the man who does not age. He looks exactly the same as he did in Clueless. If you are trying to target Jim, evidently you just have to go to a movie theater. Yeah. I'm just saying, better candy. Maybe think about, you know, better well, candy. I'm looking think about, about that. Hershey, all of Hershey's candy brands. So <laughs> I think that is also a challenge when advertising to, you know, younger millennials, millennials, and you know, Gen Z, is that I feel like, and I don't have any evidence to support this, so this is just me, <laughs> but I feel like this generation is gravitating to more smaller brands or more, you know, they're going away from like the Hershey's and then they're maybe they're getting like a an RX bar or like a lint candy or whatever. Like they tend to, I don't know. I'm just throwing out. An RX bar is like 
that. You ever hear, no, a, little, I know what you ever hear a little candy called Kit Kat? Trust me, like, <laughs> Give me a break. I, no, I know what an Give RX bar is. The chocolate sea salt isn't a good flavor, by the way. But, <laughs> you know, I don't I don't see a lot of people, like, buying, going to the grocery store and buying Hershey's bars anymore. They're buying, like, some sort of, like, quote-unquote gourmet chocolate. Mm. I mean, a good Reese's cup. But a good Reese's cup. You know, Joe, Joe's got a fantastic this. point. He's he, he brought up Kit Kats, which... <laughs> I mean, delicious? it's it's a crossover of delicious flavor and texture that is pleasing to the mouth. What type of what type of chocolate based candy does Hershey not own? You know what wait, they could wait. do away with though. You know what's going to sink them is almond uh, um, um, mounds and mounds almond and almond joy. That, that's going to sink. The I do like a good almond joy. Oh come on! I agree. You're you're Who officially owns... hitting a certain age if if you enjoy almond joys, and I, I could say that because I am a certain wait, age and I enjoy them. I've enjoyed almond joys since I was like six. I well, you're an old soul. That's why. You are also an old soul. Also, if you want Kit Kats, you need to go to Japan. Oh, oh. really? Are they different? They have like 20 flavors. You they can have, get like uh, matcha, which is delicious. Apple. Apple. Sake. Yes. Cherry blossom. Mm-hmm. A sake like Kit Kat. Like they're all different flavors and they're they're really good. Very good. Really good. Um, I have a question. Who owns Twix? I don't know. Oh, that was not on the Hershey list, but Twix is. Is that Mars? I think Twix mm. might be might be yeah, Eminem Mars. 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 Yeah. Also, we're not talking about them, but if anyone from Eminem Mars is listening, bring back the peanut butter Twix. I don't understand why you got rid of it. Didn't they have like the 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 mashup where they had the the caramel and the peanut butter together? But I just Ew. want the peanut butter. That sounds bad. What? Should we just go In around same, and say our favorite types of Hershey candy? Yeah, we should probably we should. do that. Okay. And we're all going to see peanut butter cup. Yeah, mine's a peanut butter cup. <laughs> I mean, now that I know Kit Kat and Whoppers are also made by Hershey. Ew, Whoppers? Oh, come uh. on. Hey, this is a judgment-free <laughs> okay, zone I'm sorry, here. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That this is a business a podcast, Hope. <laughs> Morgan? Uh, I'm pulling up the list, but it's going to be peanut butter cup. They make whatchamacallit, if you ever had the whatchamacallit. Ooh, those are pretty Whatever good. it is, whatever it was. <laughs> Oh, is that the tagline? This is why I work in advertising because I remember everyone's like jingle or tagline or slogan. Break me off. off. What does Andy Bernard say in that episode? Break me off a piece of that. Uh, <laughs> Ooh, you know what they. <laughs> Moisture you know cream. You know what they make that's really good? Symphony bars. And Ooh. like, I feel like symphony bars are like the underdog. Symphony bars. They have can toffee. You, I love toffee. Toffee. Can you go into the. Um, creation of a symphony bar. Hey, what are we? What, is, uh, what are we telling the points? listeners about next week? Next week's oh, a holiday. Yes, what yes, are, yes. are we? Uh, we'll be back on July eleventh. Uh, or oh man, I just Should put Jim we... on spot. We, we'll be back on July eleventh. I think we will be back on July eleventh. You know, we can all they hear can. you. <laughs> we can all hear you. We have really nice mics now, uh, thanks to Mike Pouks. Oh my God, shout out to Mike. I mean, why, yeah. wait, why has no one mentioned my mustache? There's I, nothing to mention. I did this on purpose. I, that's I, that's I, when you need to be very, <laughs> very uncomfortable because when people stop noticing your mustache, <laughs> you start becoming a mustache guy. I just didn't feel like it was appropriate to sit on the podcast and go, Joel, what's the caterpillar crawling I'm going across to, I'm going face? to see some friends of mine this weekend, and anytime I get together with my buddies, I try to make them, like when I went to Vegas in March, I wore the mustache just to yeah. make them super uncomfortable. So I, I think it's a fine cookie duster, if you ask me. Uh, <laughs> you should you. dye it darker. Mm, I'm <laughs> Or blonde. No, right. darker. Uh, oh, question, no, no flesh beards. Question for the group. Um, Jeff can't weigh in because he's not here. But mm. topic for the next topic, what if we did a mashup on July 4th and did brands that just conjure up Americana? Mm. Oh, what are the most God. most American brands 
Everybody brings their Free own American. American brand to the table. We talk about it. We talk about what we like about what they do. What do you think? Amazing. Sure. Yeah. I'm in. You don't okay, have to twist I, my arm. You know who would love to participate in that? Jeff Culleton. One of four under 40. Oh. And you know by that time, we could be... Uh, Barely under 40. We could be also representing in the World Cup. Mm. It's World Cup. Was it, did I sense some anti-Americanism in the room? I, I thought we would get, like, everybody would have been just, like, USA chant. God bless America! Bald, like, flying on a bald eagle. Yeah. <laughs> Traitor. Rock, flag, and eagle. USA! Treasonous USA. colonists. Okay, so we've we've given enough treats to our fans out there. So, um, mm. you know, just a reminder, you can find us on Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes, uh, and please make sure you subscribe. You don't have to go find us. We'll find you every week. We're like that. We're not like in a stocky way. We're just there. So find us. We will um, find you on OTT though. Yeah, we, we, <laughs> we will find you over and over on OTT, <laughs> which is the only way to bridge the gap with um, television, um, lack of television viewership with younger audiences. Um, questions and suggestions, tweet at us, the at the A-Game podcast. And there's other ways to interact with the Adcom group. Joel? Such as? Yeah, follow us on uh, Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, Instagram. It's at the AdComp Group, and we appreciate it in advance. Let us know what you think of the program. Also, if you follow us on Facebook, there's some really fun uh, team illustrations coming up. Definitely check those out. Yeah, yes. and, and if anybody gets any really mean, um, like, T-shirt tan sunburns out there, just, you know, send, send the pics our way. We'll Remember <laughs> to wear sunscreen. Skin cancer is not a joke. Also, I, sh I should make spay and neuter your pets. What? Okay. Bob Barker. <laughs> okay, I I don't think we can uh, we can go further. We so out. We out, and we'll see you on the eleventh. Actually, Have we won't day. see you at all. You'll hear us. A game out. <laughs> <laughs>